you've done a test recording and it worked. Silence on set. One, two, one, two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Today we're talking about the end of real estate as you know it. Are we ready? Let me just cue up the... Do you have your line? <clears throat> backing track. I do. Don't, don't, no, don't, no, I'll no cheating. Enough. I'll find out soon enough. That's the plan. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today, we are talking about disrupt... Ah. <laughs> and print it. Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today, we are talking about real estate disruption... Coming to Canada. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, guys, it is episode 54. Today, we are talking about all of these companies that are coming to Canada, Zillow, Redfin, Purple Bricks, what are you, maybe. What are you talking about? Coming. They're here. I've never even heard of these things. We'll get into all of that. Uh, we've also got some news for you and a question of the week. But uh, how you guys been? I feel like it's been so long since I saw you yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> things are good. I'm glad. I mean, we've... The, finally know where the bottom is with the market as we uh, discovered last week on last week's episode so that's good pretty sure the consensus get... last week was we don't know where the bottom is matt jared I... doesn't listen to our episodes <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure we confirmed it for people um liability protection not confirmed <laughs> not confirmed um Jeff got a new car. That's that's something new. Oh Borrowed yeah, new my car. real car is in the shop and I've got to drive this big stupid boat car. <laughs> I didn't I, I don't think of that car as being that much bigger than what you have, but I guess I didn't think of it that way either until I tried to drive it and park it. Hmm. Yeah. My cousin works for uh, the Detroit uh, the Dodge people. So yeah. you're you're driving a Dodge Charger. The Charger. And he was on the police vehicle team, like out in Detroit, designing these things oh, for cool. customizing for police use. And the Charger got dropped by like all sorts of police departments around the country because the the body lines getting into the back door and the way it like sort of caved in, they're getting way too many head smashes on the door trying to get people in and out. Like it was bad bad for putting crooks yeah, into the back it's seat. It's just bad geometry. Acc- accidentally <laughs> on, on purpose. <laughs> yeah, so it didn't make the cut. They all got bumped. When do you get your huh. car back? I don't know. I asked them that, and they're like, eh, we'll see. <laughs> Depends if we have the parts in stock. Yeah. So what's going on with you, Jer? Anything cool? Anything That's, exciting? That is what's going on with me. What's going on with, with you is that I, I'm driving a different car. <laughs> that's that's news to me. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't drive anymore. I just walk everywhere. But uh, It's probably the way to do it. Yeah. Your electric car isn't good enough on know, gas. I'm saving so much gas by walking. <laughs> yeah. I... Uh, my my partner Mick yesterday was in a multiple offer. Mm. Whoa! Feels like they're happening a lot, which is frustrating. But we not, we not won, the, so that that's good. But did you have to go no subjects? He did not go no subjects. Okay, so that's good. That's a that's a good trend. We went less subjects, fewer. Yeah, 
more fewer. Thank, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs> I was gonna say Sorry. thanks, wife. But uh... I had somebody on Instagram do that to me with one of my posts. Wow, not that word specifically, but something. And I like just joked back at her. I'm like, yeah, ha ha ha, totally got it wrong. And she's like. I'm sorry. I'm a retired English teacher. I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, multiple offers feel like they're happening a lot on condos. I yeah. haven't seen any on houses yet. No. There could be the odd one here and there. Yeah. I mean, there was one not too long ago. There's a house on Hamilton Street that we talked about. That was about a month ago. Yeah. So the right house, right price. Right. It can happen. Yeah. But the condos are becoming more and more frequent. Definitely. And that's probably the biggest, uh, I want to say, just observation of the market right now. Yeah. Good growing trend. Meanwhile, there's, you know, a dozen condos around everyone that's getting multiple offers that's been sitting for over a month. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> yeah. But that was a big part of the talk yesterday, right? About the bottom and understanding how, where we feel like there might be deals in real estate, but at the same time, there's multiple offers happening. So if this all sounds really confusing. What talk yesterday? Last week, you meant. Last week? Meant I wouldn't say. have corrected you, except you said I fewer. Just, I just said you were fewer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I totally deserve that. I don't want to confuse the listeners. Last episode, 53. It's, it's a good listen. I think that's probably one of our strongest episodes for people to listen to if they really want to understand how to play nice in the market right now. I felt like we, there was a lot of value in that episode. Yeah. I felt good about it. Uh, but before we get into more value today with how real estate's about to change in Canada, what's going on in the news, Matt? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I got a news flash for you, Walter Cronkite. I am enlightened. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Okay, today's news comes from uh, a system called Paragon Real Estate Services. What's that, Matt? This is exclusive news. <laughs> okay. So our internal portal that we use to look at MLS listings is uh, the site's Paragon. Uh, it's flown under a few different banners. But anyway, when you log in, if you didn't know, there's a segment called Feature News. Hmm. And I'm taking our news from there today. You're literally reading <laughs> it off the homepage on the MLS? I never yeah. read that. No, nobody reads it, so I'm going to share it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so when we log in, there it is, and a lot of people ignore it. So the first piece, and it's been there for now like at least five business days. It's only one, it's two sentences. But it's important news, Jeff. Increased sales means longer processing times. This is coming from our real estate board because our board puts the news in here. Increased sales means longer processing times. Due to higher volumes, it's taking slightly longer than the usual 24 to 48 hours for us to process your sales. Please bear with us while we work to shorten the processing time. Thank you for your patience. Did they, like, fire a bunch of people when things got slow? That's what I'm wondering. Because... <laughs> like, <laughs> It's picking up, but it's nowhere near the height. It's not crazy. Yeah. Yeah, they might not just, just probably not been up to the task of having that many, uh, yeah, sales just all of a sudden come in and they're like, oh crap, we're understaffed. They're like, we got used to golfing on Fridays. Because <laughs> <laughs> it took us, we had a couple of deals, um, you had a couple of buyer deals from like a week and a half, yeah. I feel like ago, and they, they, only processed they like just processed, yeah. Yeah. So it's an odd statement because it makes it sound like the market is what well, it is picking up from what it was. Right. 
but it makes it sound crazy because how could the MLS department not, not be able to keep those? up? We've had way more activity in the past, so clearly they must have uh, cut some cut back on staffing or something. But well, re- regardless, yeah. that to me is a news story because it's an indicator that the internal our board who handles all of our back end process and getting new listings on and getting sales processed can't keep up with this this new increase in volume. Yeah, because yeah. they handle basically all of Greater Vancouver until it becomes Fraser Valley, kind of around Surrey. Mm-hmm. So that means what we're seeing in our little pocket is probably being reflected in a lot of spaces. I can back that up with a real news story. Um, oh! <laughs> that was news! Um, that was valuable news. Rude. That but is they, exclusive, oh, exclusive they, news <laughs> that the general public has no access to. This is good insider secrets, okay, Jerry. Okay, oh man, okay. Jerry's stepping all over Matt's Kool-Aid here. <laughs> Well, there Sorry, also was a... I a, can play the, the bumper here. We're going to the next segment. Okay. <laughs> um, no, they were saying that they're they're across Canada that home sales were up like 0.4% or something. Ooh. So they're they're above. We were at like the lowest since the 80s or the lowest in years, even though it was crazy busy the past few years. So it doesn't take much to be low relatively, but, uh, but we're officially back up into normal territory. I'm calling it an interesting mid-month sort of sneaky update on sales activity, right? Because we yeah. usually get our board stats after the end of the month. April stats didn't look great. Like they didn't come out really all that positive considering how we thought. When I saw the April stats, I was surprised. I was expecting yeah. definitely something more positive. So we can tell now that the first half of May is on a much more positive trajectory. And that's really telling too why, you know, we constantly on the show many times have talked about how the media feels like they're behind. Because you, the stats for the whole month, maybe half of April was really good. Yeah, they need to have the numbers to actually have a story. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I mm. thought that was a good news story, well, Jer. stay tuned next week for more Paragon news. <laughs> next week, our topic will be the splitting of the New West guys. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> no. I, want guy. someone, I want someone to send feedback to feedback at Emerald Real Estate Show and tell me that was a valuable piece of insider news. Just one of you, please. Just please, so, give so me some much, validation. So much affirmation. Now you want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Jeb is so wrong. He said no. Wrong. Jeb is so wrong. That's right. Jeb is so wrong. Down the wrong. national debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. wrong. With that money, wrong. he lost wrong. Wrong. Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. So... Real estate disruption through the internet is here. The internet is here. The the biggest company for online sales in the States, Zillow, is now in Canada. They're not, I don't think they're running at full steam yet, but they are here. Uh, other competitors, Redfin, um, Zucasa came a while ago, but it didn't seem to really take off like it did in the States. I recognize the name. Couldn't tell you what it is. Yeah. So but before we get into the good and the bad and the ugly about all of this, why don't we fill people in? What What are these companies? Zillow. Um, so you said it's it's a leader in the states. Um, it's it's a it's an online searching platform. So a place where you go and you can search for real estate uh, listings. They were really good because they had a ton of data. They could give you information on what they even thought like a house was worth based on some analytical data based on what's selling in, in those neighborhoods. Um, they were not a brokerage. So 
I think agents had to list the properties. Again, this is the state, so it's a, it's different than in Canada, but I believe they weren't a brokerage, so you had to actually upload them or sign on to upload. Um, I have no idea. Yeah. We'd, like, we'd, <laughs> <laughs> well, in Canada, um, I believe they, they had a little bit of a partnership with Century 21, so they had some of the, the Century 21 listings. I think this is getting really confusing to the listener, understanding brokerages and uploading site. and that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? so let, let, let's start with the most basic. In the States... Zillow is a search site that provides really good value for the people who are going on. They mm. can jump. They can look up houses. Like Jer said, they can see what Zillow thinks the price is of the home. Now, it's just an estimate, but they can – is that Zestimate? I don't uh, know. We that, haven't that had Zillow. That sounds familiar. Yeah. So you can get a home uh, estimate. You can click to be kept up to date on like a map. Like you can say like, oh, I want to know everything that's happening in this little area. Send me all the new listings and whatnot so you can – be set up for a search. Um, if they want to see homes, it will hook them up either with the listing agent or another realtor to help them. But they're not doing it themselves. It it, it becomes like a middleman in the in the process. Yeah, they're just like an ultra powerful search site. And and one of the big differences that I think we'll get into a lot in this conversation is there was a real need to fill in the states because the states is nowhere near as unified as we are as realtors in Canada. In Canada, all of the MLS data, as the boards, you can get access to all of it. Whereas in the States, there's all these different little pockets. Some of them are really well set up. Some of them are not. There's no... Well, and there's multiple boards for yes. one region. Totally. So yeah, you have to go here to see some of the listings and over here, and they're all in the same neighborhood, but you actually have to go to different sites. Right. Or had to. Where like in BC anyway, our, our multiple boards cooperate. Like if you're on the MLS for Greater Vancouver, you can see the Fraser Valley info. Um, and that, that's actually Zillow's tagline is we have the most listings and constant updates. Because in the States, it's all scattered, like Matt was saying. One big thing they do, which is huge value, is uh, they do provide sales prices. Yeah, so historical sales data. Yeah. They're packaging all the information the consumer wants. Totally. That, that was one of the things that, that the public was asking for for a long time. Big was time. Was one of the sort of early disruptors was the realtors are, are the, the, gatekeepers the gatekeepers of yeah. this um, of their, this system that they have, and they're not sharing that unless we talk to them. So they found a way to kind of get around that. We Canada has had some changes, too, in the past few years where they've said the Competition Bureau, I believe, said that they can't. Um, we start making that public to people. Um, yeah, the I, I want to say in Ontario, they, yeah. they ruled that they couldn't, because originally there was thoughts of even if you want to, Canada privacy laws, there was maybe some, oh, are we even allowed to publicly when When do you stuff? make that public? Did that, that sale yeah. happen, you know? Yesterday, um, sub- subjects were removed, so it's a firm sale. But is that post like we 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 see that price, but no no money's changed hands yet, and things could change, and it could be months and months before that actually does happen, right? Yeah, yeah, it's funny too because like, as somebody in the business, I would I'm very okay with the public having access to sales data. I feel like that's a real like benchmark for when you started in real estate mm-hmm. because you talk to some of the like old school realtors. And they don't want that at all. That was that was the the only power that they had, right? Like I'm yeah. okay with. I, I would love it if I could create something as a site that was valuable to my 
clients or potential clients and let them see this stuff and, and build all of this this information that they want to they want to get all their info before they get in touch with me to help them as a real human. Totally. I'm okay with giving them all that. But I'm also not interested in investing thousands of dollars per month in creating the proper website to right. do all of that. Yeah. But we do pay to facilitate accumulating all of this data, storing the data, making it accurate. That is us as realtors. We're the, we're the backbone of creating that data set. Well, and, and Jer kind of talked about that at the beginning. So the way Zillow did was by teaming up with realtors. Realtors sent them the information in. That's how Zillow, Zillow keeps up to date is, is yeah, realtors. Well, you let us show spending. your listings or your brokerage Yeah, the, the realtors who are partnering up with them. Um, and yeah, in Canada, uh, Century 21 has, and I believe there might be some other brokerages who have started to, yeah. I think it'll come. It takes some like, time for the rollout yeah. to it's happen. It's just a funny but... thing that the government thinks that they need to say, like, we'll make this public information and then just any website can just roll out and start packaging all of this information, taking it right. away from realtors who have liability and a professional responsibility to do it accurately. Yeah. Well, then... well, that's the big thing is... We can get into it. We can, we can get totally. in, we'll get into that again. But the, so the new new player from the past two weeks here that people have been talking about is Redfin. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of different ones because but the one Zillow's like a billion dollar company, right? So of course, other people are going to jump in the game. Redfin, Purple Bricks. There, there's a whole bunch. So yeah, Redfin's Redfin. the so Redfin's one of the the ones that, I, and I don't know how how big they are. They they seem like they're a pretty decent competitor to Zillow in in the American markets. Um, that's yet to be proven here, but they've just come on as a brokerage so they're privy to as a brokerage that has realtors that practice um so they actually license. are a brokerage so they actually are a brokerage yeah okay yeah that, that pays dues into our mls system so they're privy to all that information yeah so they don't need to have and they're liable they can lose their license they have to per, they have to behave appropriately right that's right. the important part to me i don't want just anybody to be able to build a website and use all of our data because yeah. then they can start to get greasy and slimy when we're in a situation right now where everybody is trying to make it a cleaner process in real estate, yeah, opening it up to become the wild west of internet real estate is scary to me. Because they, I mean, and, and the big thing is, is these guys are trying to to create like the ultimate search site, the one, the destination that you go to for for um, for pre- previewing, looking at properties, finding out what's what's available. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, something that like individual agents have been doing for a long time. We've talked about searching on on the uh, on the program before. Um, lots of people making cr- creative sites and things like that. But these are powerhouse companies that have a ton of money backing them. Yeah, um, and they can actually create these sites that that are pulling just insane amounts of data. Well, and and they've caused some of the more traditional brokerages to really pick up their game in that area as well. Like I I, I don't know everybody else because we're Remax. But Remax is dumping a ton of money into trying to build a site that can serve in that same way. And I mean, Remax in the states, they get huge traffic. Um, we do here and I don't, here too. I don't think but, they'll ever be able to make up the ground that these other guys have kind of created in the in the states. Um, especially if you're thinking, part of it too is like, are there they're more of a third party? So you you might think for the people that want these disruptors to come in if they want these changes happening, um, want more choices. Yeah. They're not necessarily going to want to go to an, uh, you know, to an actual brokerage. They don't want to go to the old traditional site. guy, the, the, the real estate dinosaur. Cause they're, they right. must be, they might be hiding something or it might not be all the info. Um, so, I mean, they could, I'm sure they can kind of replicate what those guys are doing, but I don't think it'll be like, they, I feel like they have enough momentum, these sites in, in America, certainly, I, um, that they're not going anywhere. I don't think there'll be, 
that that type of competitor from a brokerage. I I think at the very least Zillow for sure has like the mental headspace in the consumer in the states. And I I bet you these other ones do well too, but it seems like Zillow um what what's the Open Door? I think is one of the other ones, although I don't know if Open Door is coming to Canada or has made any plans of it. There's a lot of little alternatives, but yeah. but I don't think yeah, nowhere near the the uh, the level that, that those guys are at. Um we can we want to talk at all about how they operate, how like what the main sort of goal is. Well, we've we've given a lot of context to suggest that there's search sites. That's not where it ends. No, right? Like we're 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 focusing in, or we have focused on Zillow because they have made massive inroads in the U.S. and they've become a benchmark of how to search. Right, mm-hmm. and everybody's trying to match that. But what they do is they just create a platform to find the right property, right. and the way that they drive revenue is from connecting those those online searchers with real estate agents. Yeah, and the agents pay a commission for the website bringing them a client. That and, is how and, that website and, drives revenue and ads in general too. Like they're considered more of a media company that's that's selling okay. ads. It's right? A, they pay. They sell ad space to a, realtors. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. realtors are bringing revenue to that site. When I was at the Remax convention in February, I met an agent who was spending uh, ten thousand dollars plus a month. Advertising on Zillow because the more you spend, the higher priority you are. Like he's like everybody in oh my, my market gosh. is advertising. It's <laughs> just like paying like like cost per click kind of thing, right? It's like an auction. Yeah, well, it's totally. It's like it's like an auction. Um, and he was very happy that he was paying. Like I I was talking to him, and when he was telling me the numbers, he's getting value out of it. Well, and that's how all business should work. Right. It, it's yeah. okay, right? If they can yeah. bring you revenue to your company, you're okay to send revenue to their company. Yeah. Right? So that's the search model where, rev- where realtors drive the revenue to the website. Then there's other websites, and that's where there's sort of this tagline of online real estate. This is not finding real estate online. This is consuming, buying, or selling your real estate online. And that revenue is coming more from the consumer directly to the website through a bit of a circular way, but it's not directly the realtors paying for it necessarily. So are, are you talking about like the iBuyer model? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So that that is part of like in the States, we, Jerry, you mentioned Redfin. Redfin is considered a discount brokerage in the States. Yeah. That's, that's, that's their model is come to us, come to our website because we will sell your house for a, a, a lower commission. That's what they're selling. Yeah, and that's right on the front of their, like, when you go to the Redfin website, the first thing you see is sell for as low as, I think it says 1%. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't I don't think, and we've seen that model here with, with brokerages, like 1%, and it's not really a sustainable model. They're, they're, they're making, they're either making money because of volume, so they can't keep up with the volume. They're not potentially going to have an issue without getting into trouble here. Um, you're dealing with a lot of volume to make it up because you're not, you're not getting paid enough or you're making money when they're purchasing properties that we sell where we offer um, more of a, 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 you know, a higher commission that's more comparable to what people would expect. Um, the other thing with the, with, with the Redfin model uh, that I think is important to mention is they, they would, if you get the website, you get the people search in there, say you've got, you know, 40% market share. Um, don't quote me on that, but, and you have an opportunity to, to send that out to your partner agents at a 50%. So you're, they're getting 50% of that every deal that happens through that agent. There's got to be a fair amount of money to be made that way from them, right? Sorry, I, I didn't follow there. So so if they send you a, a, a lead... I'm a realtor. 
Uh, yes. Redfin sends me a lead. So they're like, you won't, you don't have to pay us anything. There's no, there's no fees other than maybe advertising, like you said, with Zillow to be higher ranking on their on the individual pages. Yeah. Um, but actually, per deal that comes through that site, it's a, it's a, I think it's a, like forty percent. It's a higher percentage rate, so it's another stream for them. Oh, right? so you're saying uh, like basically realtors are. Okay, I understand. They're, they're paying a yeah, referral yeah. for a, a referral for a fee. transaction, yeah, to Redfin, and there's going to be multiple sites that that build off that model. But Redfin is operating that way currently in Canada. They've just launched recently, uh, but in the states, they more they function in a much higher capacity as a discount brokerage. Interesting that they're choosing different business models in different markets. Like, yeah, I I've wondered when when I've seen what Redfin's doing in Canada. I wonder if it's almost the sort of Silicon Valley testing model. Like Canada is a close enough market to the States that we can try this different thing. And if it works, great. Maybe we bring it back home. But if it doesn't work, well, it's a small market and we haven't really disrupted what we're doing that's kind of working. I think how that States. model works for them is their, their agents are actually salaried. So they, I, I won't even comment on how it works in the States because I don't know the function of it. I just yeah. know it is very different. And they they advertise themselves very heavily as a discount brokerage. And this is the value that we're bringing to the marketplace. Now, we know a little bit more about Redfin, Jerry, because we have recently been approached by Redfin to run in their pilot program because Redfin had partnered with Remax yeah. up until two days ago. Yeah, that, that all came <laughs> crashing down. <laughs> yeah. And and we joined on because we're not trying to to shy away from the idea of bringing real estate online. Yeah. And we signed an agreement where Redfin brings us essentially potential clients and we will pay a referral rate to Redfin for bringing us that client. And I'm a very okay with that as a real estate agent because I'm more interested in, in working with clients and doing the real estate part right. than doing the marketing to get me Finding a client. Finding the clients yeah. is, isn't as exciting for you like you get fired up about helping people. Yeah. 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 I think it's important to know like we're, you know, younger agents. I mean, we have been doing this for, for sort of 10 plus years. Um, we welcome all the changes that are happening, you know, in, in the world, how, how the internet's made things easier for us, shopping, reviews, all of this stuff. It's, it's not something that, that, that we're against. So um, it'd just be interesting to see how it, how it plays out and if it actually ends up being when the dust settles is this better for we'll, we'll get into what some of those predictions are but you know is it going to be better for people in the long run sidebar do you know the average age of a remax agent in western canada i heard this you told me on friday you yeah kn- i didn't know no one told me take a guess Jer. the average age i mean there's a lot of younger realtors yeah at 35 59. Whoa. Average. Average that's, age. That's old. Yeah. I was talking <laughs> to Kingsley, who's like dinosaurs. really high up in Western Canada uh, last week. And the reason I asked is they started a young realtors group and all of us got invited. And I'm like, we're not really that young. And he's like, oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So back to the topic at hand. I, I want to go back to the, the iBuyer model for a minute. So in theory, this can be this amazing service. And of all the things, this is the most disruptive to the way we run our it, business. It's what, Jeff? Disruptive. But waiting for that all day. <laughs> That's amazing, Matt. Um, oh, I, you totally <laughs> killed my train of thought. So <laughs> 
so disruptive. <laughs> that was disruptive, <laughs> what you just did. Um, so the, the iBuyer model is supposed to take all the pain out of selling your home. Like, you can essentially click a button. The site, and Zillow is doing this. I believe Redfin, Opendoor, a bunch of them. And they will send you a, we're not even going to come look at your home. We will buy your home for this amount of money right now. No questions asked. Which seems amazing. Um, the problem is somebody's got a profit, right? Like they, the reason they're doing this is they are then going to try and sell your home for more, for more money. And and there was an interesting article in Forbes that basically was i buyers. What's the catch? And essentially, the big thing you need to understand about the i buyer programs is there is a liquidity premium. That's what Forbes is calling it. Um, they are charging you a commission just like we would. And these places are coming from the states where average commissions are 5 or 6%. Forbes ran the math on what the commission was, and they said it gets as high as 10% commission Wow! on what fair value would actually be. Because it's an investment. They, they, they're not even coming and looking, so they need to protect themselves. Yeah, it's, from- like, it's, like, it's like when you trade in your car. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to take a hit on it for the convenience of unloading it right now. Right. And yeah. then you give the dealer the opportunity to make some money on it. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe you're in a situation where the convenience is worth value. You might be in a place where that's great. Um, we have those conversations with sellers all you the time. Sell at this really low price, you're going to yeah. give yourself a much better chance of selling right away. But we can never guarantee that you'll sell right away. Right. So, I mean, you just need to know that the iBuyer program, you are, like, you're not getting a premium. You're paying a premium to have the one click and I've sold my house. I can understand the, the value in that convenience. Well, why would they not, right? Yeah. Like, and yeah. the, Now, there's the other aspect of the iBuyer is being a buyer online. Seeing a home or a condo online and just saying, click it, I bought it. Is that a thing? I haven't... Well, that's that's where Redfin was wanting to go. That was the whole thing that broke the Redfin scared, Remax, scared Remax partnership. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, rea- I didn't realize... You're, you're, you're pushing a model or an option for people to cut out an agent? I knew that they were cutting out the agents. The agent for the buyer. It's just like, buyer. you want to buy it, just click, clickety-click, buy it. But... I want to have an inspection, and I want to read strata documents. So I, I guess Redfin maybe provides that service, but at some sort of discount that doesn't have an agent, you get no advice. Right. I, I don't know. And and that can't fly in Canada. No. Right. Our agency doesn't allow that. Our agency rules are getting more and more tight that everybody not in BC requires. Anyway. Absolutely yeah. not. And not in Ontario. If they haven't rolled it out yet, it's coming soon enough. I've heard, it's, I've heard what we did in BC. All the experts are predicting, give it five years, that'll be... Canada-wide. Yeah. yeah, but in the States, that's not the case. So Redfin US is doing this. Right, And that's okay. why the Redfin Remax partnership dissolved. Got it. From from corporate. Remax world, International. Worldwide international. Yeah, so, yeah, so here we are in Canada. Redfin A isn't doing that. B can't do it. Right. So we're just, you'll still see us on the Redfin site because all they're doing is they're attracting people there. Mm-hmm. And I imagine they're attracting people there based on this concept that Redfin is a discount brokerage. Mm-hmm. But they are a search site. Yeah, people will end up there, and then they will say, "Well, if you want an agent who specializes in a neighborhood, these are some people we recommend." We're on the list for New Westminster. When you were signing up, is it seller and buyer leads? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. For now, but I mean, it looked like just perusing the website a little bit. Um, 
they have their Remax partnered agents, but then they also like they're they're clearly promoting their um, their actual agents that work at their brokerage. So that's kind of their primary. Like, here's a couple guys you can I use. So don't understand this business model. <laughs> I think it's I think it's just diversifying that they know like Remax's agents are, are top producing agents right. um, that are qualified that are going to look after the clients. So let's have the option because if they're not going to go with our people. Yeah. If we can secure at least some of the commission. And I think the other, like the thing to note here, if we're looking at what are what problems are these things solving? So one of them is in the States, I mean, the, the commissions are significantly higher. I mean, and they, in Ontario. And in Ontario. Yep. So I can see, yes, people saying, why is that person with, with no college education getting paid that stupid amount of money? Um, I don't know if we quite have that same problem here in Canada because um, the, the rates are just so much lower across the board from what you see, right? Yeah, the traditional commission rate across most of the U.S. is 6% of the sale price. Uh, That was quite common in Ontario. I've noticed, though, that it's trending a little bit downward, more to about 5 Yeah, in what I'm reading. Uh, But ours would work out more to 3, 3.5%. Yeah. And that's been the same in Vancouver for a long time. Right. Like decades. Yeah. So the concept that the consumer here in Vancouver thinks they deserve a massive discount is a little bit different than the concept around the rest of of, of North yeah. America. So that, that's one of the things that I I, I think is it has been one of, one of the driving factors for these these like the hole that they're filling in the states is let's try and cut out some of this. I can do it myself. I, I want to have this information, um, and it's not easy to get the info in the states. Yeah. And I think we're easy our our sites are a little easier for sure. The other concern and again this is we're realtors here so obviously we're, we want to voice some of these concerns that we have and you might they will be biased because we're we're realtors but I feel like we're really setting up for fragmentation if like the whole reason we have a centralized MLS system you've got some checks and balances there for the data entry to make sure that the stuff is verified. Um, what these guys are pushing for is trying to have not have that under boards and, and regulated, but to have, give us the data. Yeah. So now you as a consumer, you don't have this re- repository for looking at all these listings. You have the Zillow listings, potentially the Redfin listings, um, and, and all the other ones that we haven't even mentioned. But is that really o- offering more choice for people if now all of a sudden you're having to look at, like like when they had um, internet searches, you had, you got your Bings, your Yahoos, was it Netscape? There was... Right, all yeah. sorts of ones. But imagine if actually looking for content on the internet, you had to go to this one's going to have different results than this one. Yeah, when uh, they try to be fragmented, they'll never fly. There will be one site that gets it right that has the whole umbrella, and they they win. Right, I guess it's an easy win. So one company that can have the umbrella that wins. The first company to get it right wins, and that is the future of where we're going. I mean, providing that information, centralizing it, packaging it really well, good tech companies deserve to lead in that segment. That's fine. I am not going to be a tech leader as an individual. Anything that can make this process easier for people. Which is hilarious because 10 years ago, the whole method around becoming like building your real estate business was we'll get a website and call it Newest Homes. Your neighborhood homes. Yeah, whatever your neighborhood is. And and, and provide all of the listings and the information and be that source of information and be the realtor who creates that website. Right. As realtors, we do not have the tools to do that anymore. There's so much money being invested. There's no way to compete with it. There's no point. My website is not a search site. Yeah. And, and and the companies who provide websites, real estate websites, find it really funny when they talk to us. And they're like, we can help you create a search site. Yeah. I'm like, that is not where I'm trying to play. 
Jer, how do you feel about Matt referring to it as his website? <laughs> it is also his website. Do you not call your bedroom your bedroom? Or do you always refer to it as our bedroom? I'm just gaslighting you. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to discuss a little bit about some of the failures in this space, because they haven't all been home runs at this point. Yeah, and, and does that kind of tie in with like the Purple Bricks kind of thing? Is that Pur- where you're purple going? Purple Bricks was where I wanted to go. Okay. Purple Bricks uh, is one of these sites... And they're in massive trouble. It looks like they're about to go under. They've closed a ton of their spaces. And the the big problem with Purple Bricks is Purple Bricks, the way they decided to differentiate themselves is they didn't charge a commission. So instead of saying, I'm going to pay five or six or three or whatever percentage on the sale, I pay one fee up front. And then they had all these add-ons. Like, I want to sign in the lawn. I have to pay for the sign in the lawn. I want to have an open house. I've got to pay for that. I've got every service you provide. Yeah, but th- but that was being paid for. It didn't yes. come in as a commission portion. Correct. Yeah, you check the box, you buy it like a retail item. Totally. Hmm. And the problem was that what they're finding, all of these articles about why Purple Bricks is failing, is the agents already have the money. If you've paid for the service before the service has been completed, there's almost no motivation for these agents to actually go out. like the, To the, fight to close the sale. They got paid whether you sold or not. Whereas, I mean, I, I don't know how much people think about this, but the fact that when you hire the New West guys, or me, or whoever, if we don't succeed, we get nothing. Yeah, and we're spending <laughs> no, we're out. We're thousands out. of dollars totally. in creating marketing material. Yeah. Yeah, so you're saying the consumer pays for the marketing material creation. Everything. The consumer yeah. is agreeing to a small fee that I think was, I, I read the Purple Bricks model. It's yeah. not in Canada. No. Uh, it was trying to launch in Canada. Yeah. I noticed it during Super Bowl, they were advertising, and I was like, what is this thing? Totally. Um, but it sounds it's around about 1000 bucks. Yeah. Was what they were charging. They made it into the into the US and Australia, and yeah. then there was the check the boxes, buy all the extra add-ons. But yeah, what's the agent's incentive to close the deal for 1000 bucks? They got their $1,000. Yeah. They do their work. What's what's the negative repercussions for not closing the deal, right? And it sounded like a lot of people weren't clear that they were paying the money no matter what. Like there, I was reading an article, and I don't know how much of this is just buyer beware or whatever. We as agents to keep our license have very strict like you have to inform and take care of the clients. You have an agency duty, which some agents take more seriously than others, but there should be um, a duty of care. There were a lot of people who felt like they, in the article I read, that they were deceived a little bit on there was no guaranteed outcome. Yeah, that sounded really common, right? Yeah. And, and not really knowing exactly how much they would be paying, yeah. what they're getting in return. But yeah, without proper incentive, What's the motivation for them to work hard for you? Uh, who is that person that's willing to work for a thousand dollars? Yeah, and put in that kind of work. It's it's that's going too far, right? There's these sliding scales of totally. online real estate models, but that was one that was trying to come into Canada. Redfin's trying to come into Canada. Yeah, Zucasa did come to Canada. That's got to be what like four or five years ago now. Yeah. It was a while ago, and it it never really took off. And I I think a big part of it not taking off was the fact. That, like Jer was saying, our data isn't fragmented like it was in the States. Like, there wasn't this huge value add of, oh, it's all in one place. Like, people didn't decide to use it. Now, when I look at Zucasa's site versus Zillow's site, 
Zillow's a pretty like it's the Cadillac. <laughs> like it, it's a well built, user friendly site. Um, but we have seen this model try to come here before and and just not really catch fire. Yeah, and it's interesting too. Like we could even it's technology technology everything's changing so fast. I mean, you could see like the Zillows and the Redfins be just destroyed by Google in in a matter of years. You see some of the stuff that they've been doing, positioning themselves, coming up with like think about the data Google has. <laughs> They know that you want to that you're going to want to move before you even it, the thoughts even come into your head based on based on your patterns online. Because you Googled it, yeah. <laughs> like, you didn't even search about buying yet. You've just been searching other related things that they know your brain is on the path. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's not even that you've. Yeah, it's just just based on on that information. I mean, we've seen them like in the past few years acquiring different websites, different tech companies that have had some some good ideas um, in terms of data that you know when you're looking at a house like how much. Uh, there was one program that knows how much sun exposure the rear yard gets. They can compile this data. So that could be right. a, a function that shows up. Um, getting into um, partnering with like Matterport for the 3D stuff that we're seeing um, to do 3D tours of, of properties where you can potentially walk through a house mm-hmm. uh, without physically seeing it. So And having that technology on a, on a website that runs smoothly um, for every house. It's, it's And having it being able to, not needing the Matterport camera, but even be able to do it with like a cell phone camera for doing 3D imaging. Well, the, the interesting thing too is historically, Google doesn't build new things. They take something that's working and then they make it super streamlined and awesome. Like they didn't invent the search engine. They didn't invent... Google Maps, like no, Map, were, MapQuest was the one. Yeah, and now they can. Just and buy. there's usually somebody who's really succeeding, and then Google just, just comes in them. and blows them up. Well, or, they provide just, so much more for free. Like they could totally look at Zillow and be like, "Oh, we could do that, but better." There, there's predictions that there are. It's already happened. Like they're, yeah. they're positioning themselves to to be able to do that, and then whether they take you know the model of having their own agents. To, to gain revenue, whether they have that through ads, whether they have that through, um, you know, so, affiliate well, that, programs. Well, that's actually something, you, you made me think of something that we missed in one of the values of Zillow and all these sites too, is you made me think of Google reviews. One of the things they provide as well to the consumer is agent reviews. Like Zillow is all about, okay, once you're done working with that realtor, leave a five-star review, uh, up to five-star review, say how the experience went, and then people, when they're deciding, can do that. Google, I mean, Google wrote the book on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, Yelp did, and then Google was like, no, nah, we'll do it better. We can, we can just do that better. Yeah. Well, and we went through that getting onto Redfin. Really? We, we had to submit all of our transactions yeah. from the past 18 months, so we couldn't cherry-pick... The good ones. Yeah, be like, because if we want someone to write us a Google review, yeah. and let's say something goes really bad with the client, which actually hasn't happened to us, but let's say never. it did. Well, never. <laughs> but let's say it did. Yeah. You don't necessarily invite that person to write you a review. What? <laughs> right? So everybody yeah. knows that your reviews are kind of padded with... Now, that person, if yeah. they're mad enough, can just decide. They can, and they can go write a one star and throw off all your, your yeah. stats. Oh. Yeah. But, Google, but the nice thing is about Google, too, is they, they know, well, that person just has an account for negative reviews. Wow, this account, this person... Right. They're not actually a contributor. They they can easily find out that stuff with with algorithms. Yeah. And I thought right. that was fascinating though with Redfin that they ha- they go to everyone, so you can't exclude people. Right, and so that's another point though that we didn't necessarily make is just being able to know whether you are maybe you love Zillow, you're in the states, whatever. Yeah, um, is if they're recommending an agent to me, how do I know if they're actually good? Is it the guy that's spending ten grand a month to be at the top of the list? Is it so? My understanding is that the reviews 
are just the reviews. They don't touch those at all. It's just like Google reviews. But the order that you see the agents in can be paid for. Like you can pay to be show up higher. Yeah, and that's where the consumer gets trapped into thinking that the ranking is to their benefit. Right. But it's not. It's to the revenue side of the website's benefit. Right. Right. So if we know we're going here. We know there's going to be a lot of online real estate activity. We've talked about iBuyers and all this kind of stuff. We keep saying how these sites are referring business to realtors, but then there's the iBuyer factor. We're transitioning to a point where a lot of people are seeing and maybe projecting that we're taking the human side out of real estate. Can that happen? Can these companies create such a streamlined process? Like Red or Purple Bricks try to do that. Yeah. They try to say, well, it's all automated. Somebody wants to show your house. They do a little clickety-click. The appointment is set up entirely virtually, and the homeowner doesn't have to do any work, and a, and a human doesn't have to do any work. That's why it's cheaper. Yeah. But then I was hearing all these negative reviews about the seller not being notified about showings and people just showing up and realtors trying to make offers and nobody responding and the online system wasn't yeah. communicating. But So can, can are we transitioning to a point where the internet killed the real estate star? So uh, in research for this episode, good soundbite, by the way, Matt, um, <laughs> there's a clip of the guy who runs Twitter. And he was talking... Um, very recently about this exact question. And he can't see a way in which at some point a human doesn't have to interact with another human and walk around and look. Like there's, the process will be streamlined. The process will not be the same. Like the way buying in real estate looks today, I bet you five years from now is very, very different. You still need to, Go to the house. <laughs> yeah, and you need another set of eyes that's yeah. competent. The the yeah. AI is not there yet to be able to navigate that the transaction with all of its nuances. With with yeah. I'm not even talking about the searching. Go find your house online because there's a website that can can sort of pin. Yeah, we've it. been okay with that for a few years. Uh, you yeah. know, that's not that's nothing new. Um, I can make it a little bit quicker for you because I can just have have a, have a you know half an hour conversation with and figure out some of the things that you don't even know that you're looking for, and I can put you in touch with. With the building that the the AI that the, the, the data entry points they're not going to be able to analyze that in a, in a human fashion not for a long time and that goes for a lot of industries where they just they're not sophisticated enough to to figure it out yeah and for most people this is their biggest investment of their lives and the process is sufficiently complicated <laughs> to the point that you still need somebody to guide you through every transaction we do is individually different and unique yeah and there's a lot of accumulated knowledge that just isn't online that yeah you maybe someday but i don't think this is tomorrow zillow is going to be able to tell you that this unit sold for less because it has exposure to the trains whereas the other one has better light which is like that can you imagine there's how much so many intangibles feedback they would have to accumulate like oh, yeah. plans, can, can you rate the noise level from your home like you'd yeah. have to start doing things like that to like rate noise as, as yeah. users is this strata making the right decisions yeah tell me what it's like <laughs> to live there and then you can yeah. go to you can chat with somebody you know who's online who's in the call center who can help you yeah. and because you're using a chat bot person instead of a human feet on the street, you're going to save 10 grand on your $20,000 commission. I do think that there's going to be a lot less realtors. I'll go out on a limb and say, I think 
that what these sites are going to do is going to kill the usefulness of realtors who aren't useful. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> like, yeah, like the, the person who all they really do is provide the data, but they don't interpret the data. Yeah, yeah. The ones where I hate I hate reading things where they go, oh, the real estate agent. All they do is they put up a sign, they open the door, yeah. people come through, they show me the contract, I sign a contract. I think that guy or gal is an endangered species. Well, you know what the funny thing about that? I was thinking about it this morning because I knew we would, we'd eventually get there. Um, but you just look at the the board numbers for new agent intakes and outtakes, out out outpatients, sure. inpatients. <laughs> yeah, um, it can fluctuate a thousand in a year of people that thought it was easy came in. Yeah, and then people are going out. There's, we we have over fourteen thousand agents in our board right now, and that's just Greater Vancouver, not Fraser Valley. And it was like something like eight hundred something sales in the last thirty days. There's a lot of people not making money. <laughs> could, could, back to Matt's point about the noise. Couldn't Google just turn on the Google Home and do a sound check? That might work. They start gathering all that data. You know what will maybe happen with Google and potentially Amazon is I bet you you're going to get to a point where you're getting a lot of, um, what do they call All that. Ask my, like Amazon's doing with their Alexa is it notes, Jared? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you can I don't, I don't you can it. get advice from experts. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and my understanding is you think Zillow's charging a lot to be the expert in your neighborhood in whatever business to be like, hey Alexa, I want to know what a realtor would do with this, and then they hear an actual realtor in their neighborhood be like, oh, blah, like they've pre-recorded these answers to common questions. Whoa. Weird, but they are paying huge money to be I want to be the be voice the of real estate in New West or <laughs> yeah, if somebody has a landscaping question you know exactly. the landscaper wants to be the guy who's profiled yeah. right whoever it is all of those different service-based industries from landscaper plumber yeah lawyer notary all these people the only one of them gets it, to be it, the it, voice of the, not, there's not an even... agent I know named Alexa in the states who was like I want to be the realtor Alexa on Alexa <laughs> and then I talked to her like a few months later and she's like it's a fortune like, it's an absolute, it, like, I couldn't in a million years be the voice. <laughs> You're guaranteeing a call for the business. I mean, it doesn't even need to be recorded. You could, I'm sure you could have people that were just like, notification, like we have for like, a, you want to chat, like the bots that come up on the websites? I would, Hi there. I don't know, but just speculating, I would bet that they've got some pre-recorded canned stuff, but then as it goes deeper, it becomes what you're talking about, where you're like, oh, I get, I get my immediate, like, oh yes, I got it. I didn't have to wait for anything. But then there's the option to like, hey, let's have a real chat. And yeah. then people go turn off their internet and hide in their bathroom. Yeah. You want me to talk to a real human? Because chatbots are already doing that. Like I was looking at realtors in the States are using chatbots in this exact same way where I jump on the thing, I ask some basic questions, but they're designed so that when the questions get complicated, it sends a notification to the agent like, hey, you need to jump on here for real now and actually be answering these as opposed to the canned, like, oh, well, you know, the average number of sales is this, the, like the basic questions. So do we answer the question, we're still going to be employed in, in five years? Oh, we can do this job in real life as long as we want to. Okay. It, so well, I, don't, it, I don't need to fall back on the, on the, the, food, the food vlog. <laughs> blog. 
don't don't knock it, Jared. That's our our only. That's our, uh, backup. That's our backup plan. <laughs> get, get me that food money. I believe wholeheartedly there will always be opportunity for feet on the street for an expert who understands. I agree yeah. with Jeff that there are going to be a lot fewer people who deliver on that expertise. Yeah. Right. And and the revenue, the way it's split, is going to become very different. Right now, yeah. it is somewhat of a broken model that all of the revenue goes to just us, and then we filter it out to these other sort of venues mm-hmm. because we as individuals spend our money trying to attract new clients and then we spend the money marketing our listings and and doing other things to that effect and it might get a little more compartmentalized but at the end of the day we'll probably end up with the same amount of revenue that creates the right amount of personal income just for more us fingers in the pie <laughs> but if everybody gets their fair share like we yep. spend a lot of our money yeah. if i didn't have to spend all that money and i still did the same work and i ended up with a similar net income at the end of the year then that's very acceptable yeah i agree yeah. so i think the internet is uh, probably not going to get shut down, Stephen Gurry. It's here, it's here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> and there's going to be more and more players. And I think for the listeners, it's just understanding what service are they providing to you? And if they're pointing you to things, why are they pointing you there? What's the motivation? Because every company exists to drive revenue. Yeah. How do they drive their revenue? Follow the money. <laughs> if you're not paying for it, you are the product. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think that wraps it up um, for our main topic. I got a question of the week, though. Check out the big brain on bread. How's that working out for you? What? Being clever. Who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. So Ken asks, I'm looking at condos down at the key. Any quick tips for things to look out for in older condos? And before we get into this, I think we should not get into specific building <laughs> stuff. And we've done a whole episode on this. We did um, the episode worst 41. building on the key. We talked oh, about that one. No, we no. never did that. But we did do a whole episode on what to look out for for leaky condos. That's episode 41. But just quick tips. Let's not even make it key specific. If I'm down, I'm looking at buildings that are maybe built pre-2000. What are some quick things buyers can look out for? Expensive fixes. Have they been done? Give me more. Oh, you want rain screening? You're talking about 90s? Sure. Okay. See how their envelope's doing. See if they have any engineer's reports, anything to back up um, the condition of it. Is it leaking? Is it working properly? Um I don't know, you got windows, balconies, membranes. Well, I think the most roofs. common things if you're talking 90s buildings are going to be plumbing, elevators, and envelope. Yeah. Right? Those are the... Jerry always says Plumbing, awkward teenage I don't, years. I, I would... Uh, what? <laughs> always, you talk yeah. about awkward teenage years for buildings that are about 25 years old. They yeah. were looking good for a little while and now everything's kind of starting to... We get younger. Like they're getting pimples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they need, a, they need a little more care and attention. You can't just ignore that stuff. You have to start yeah. re- recognizing your building has and, aged. And your 10-year-old building is in potentially five years going to have some some of those things too. So like no, no building's perfect, but knowing some of the bigger ticket items. I might put parking... Like we see more parking members brain then like elevator that, I would that's coming say, closer to 30 35 years for a lot of parking membranes but the elevator and the plumbing are becoming very common most buildings like a lot of towers uh, 25 years old yeah have had those done or have them on the very near horizon so those are the things i would probably focus on i think first i think one quick tip for a buyer on parking membrane is to try and pay attention to whether the parkade is under the footprint of the building or under a bunch of grass and trees. A massive terrace of Yeah, because that'll degrade no. much faster. I mean, lots, it's all going to have to get done eventually. Lots but. of individual challenges, though, with, with how to do the landscaping and hardscaping. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I, I feel like the '90s buildings all get a bit funky with bylaws too. Like if we're not talking about just like oh, mechanical components, but um, there's on the key specifically, you've got no pets, no rentals, no barbecues. Um, yeah, a thirty pound dog's okay. A twenty pound, a forty pound. Um, yeah, if you've got rentals, a big dog at the key, you're smoking. Your options are limited. You've got anywhere really. Some of those yeah, are yeah. big factors where, where again, you sit down yeah. with someone and there's a couple different options that are just out because of that. So, basic question: What to look for? There's the functionality, the mechanics of the building because they can cost you money. Yeah. Now, a lot of people buying those can handle a twenty thousand dollar assessment. Just know that's part of yeah the, it work, the budget. Build in a little cushion for yourself, and then you have to live through the work. We've talked about this on a previous episode. Yeah, uh, and then. So bylaws, how you live in it. And then the other is choosing the type of building. We've talked about this too, wood frame versus high-rise. So Key definitely has that contrast. They've got more of the high-rise buildings on the other side of the street that has the river view and then more of the riverfront units are wood frame and noise transmission and just how it feels living in those is very different than an elevator. You might have a long walk down the hallway versus, you know, short walks in towers that pop out the elevator and your door's right there. I think it's important too to know that not all high-rises are created equal. I think there's this sort of blanket... Oh, they're all concrete. <laughs> and, you know, high rises can have issues. You need to look yeah. into those as well. Hire someone local. We'll save you a lot of time going down. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. I don't know. We all know the buildings around here. So, which ones are or ones we avoid and which ones have things coming, stuff like that. Awesome. Well, I think that's probably going to do it for us today. Thank you guys for listening. If you've got questions or feedback, you can send those to feedback at morealestateshow.com. And if you want to get a hold of Matt or Jer, they are at thenewwestguys.com. If you want to get a hold of me, Jeff, I'm at realestatenewwest.com. Thank you very much. daughter yells at me today I don't want to wear underwear yeah so we're potty training uh-huh I hate potty training <laughs> Di- diaper. Yeah, sorry your dad welcome to being a dad <laughs> with a daughter no diaper no diaper well pull-ups though we had pull-ups we're trying to transition and uh yeah, I don't know why. I've gone through the I don't the kids are like I don't want to wear underwear. I'm like what 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 why why? Yeah, it's a thing. It was a thing. It was like a challenge to get them to wear underwear. It's like when it's a challenge to get your competent child who has actual neurons that feel uh, the temperatures outdoors yeah. and refuse to wear a jacket when it's snowing. Right. Because like no, I don't want to. And yeah. then you're like, well, look outside. It's cold. Put a jacket on. But I like this shirt. Yeah. Same. I don't know why they don't want to wear underwear. Put sometimes. the shirt over the jacket. That, that goes away, by the way. That's a short. It's it's a phase. Matt, it really made me think about something you told me when I was having my second kid. I don't know why this really stuck, but you you said to me having your second kid really teaches you how little effect you had <laughs> on the first kid, yeah. <laughs> and because potty training with Asher was pretty easy. I mean, we had our challenges. Like he he. He held his poops too long, and they got big, and they hurt him when he. So he got scared uh, of that, and that became a challenge. But the initial like pee in the toilet, super easy. We used bribery. We were like, <laughs> every time you pee in the toilet, you get a smarty. No problem. Like he loved it. We tried that with Arya today, or I tried that with Arya today because it's just just me. And uh, like, I don't want a smarty. I'm like, yeah. you love smarties. No, nope. I don't want to cave into your method here. Asher does it. 
so? <laughs> like, 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 everything that worked that I was like, I am a brilliant potty trainer. Turns out, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, I could write a book. I got all the moves. Yeah. I know exactly what to do. No, you know exactly what to do for one kid. I read the two-day potty training method, and I trained my son. When I say I, I mean my wife, because she did a lot of the work. But we trained our son in two days. <laughs> we are awesome parents. <laughs> Turns out, uh, no. <laughs> like, no, because every kid, every human, you have to find their currency. Yeah. And oh, sometimes, man. and maybe it's more, it depends on the on the mind, but clearly with Aria, her currency is you try to bribe me, I revolt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, so, see, I see what you're doing. Because she loves smarties. And I will now refuse all of your offerings. But she's like, she's I'm not your nego- You're negotiating, so she's, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, but she's on to you. She's totally on to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Messing Have with you. Have you tried just asking her what would work? No, uh, my move was to come do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, for a long time, we couldn't find the currency for one of our kids. We just couldn't figure it out. We could shame her, be what? like, everyone's everyone's using the potty. Like, you don't want to be one of those weirdos that doesn't use the potty. <laughs> or you, diapers you, sure, in high school. Sure, you could try. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like peer pressure hasn't taken effect yet. What, so wait, I, I need to know. So what was the thing that you finally found? We didn't. Okay. <laughs> his, one of his kids still wears diapers. <laughs> Eventually, everybody, I, I, every kid learns to use the toilet. Don't yep. worry about timelines. Yeah. Every kid learns how to read and write if you want them to and you expose them to education. Yeah. That shit drives me crazy at school when it's like, oh, your kid's getting like a little behind on something. Some parents getting really stressed out about it. And I'm like, don't worry. Your kid is going to school. They're exposed to the environment of literacy. Yeah. Do you know anyone who went to school and paid attention who came out of it and couldn't read? Your kid's going to be okay. Your kid is going to learn to use the toilet, Jeff. No adult makes it to the age of 12 and says, oh my gosh, I still don't know when to stop and go to the toilet. No, this is true. <laughs> I just need to learn how to like do it in a way that doesn't drive me insane. Or the timing, just, the and the, or it's just not your timing. Physically, mentally, the kid isn't has no desire. And you can't, you can't force desire on some people in certain times of, the, the, of their life. The weird thing is how it just turns. Yep. Because for weeks she's been like, she sees that Asher goes to the washroom and she's she's literally been like, I want to do the potty. I want to do the potty. We're like, okay, time to do the potty. And she's like, screw you. Give me my pull-ups back. <laughs> like, yeah, it might be this is a lot of work. This is distracting. This is taking me away from the things I like to do. Uh, I'm just mad at you right now yeah. because I don't like the situation at home because totally. Asher's getting all the good stuff. So I'm just going to do this yeah. as a protest. Totally, 100%. <laughs> Great parental advice. You can't win. 